Hello and welcome to So What You're Saying Is. I'm Peter Whittle. Now, my guest today is a comedian. Alistair Williams has played at Up the Creek, the Comedy Store and the Edinburgh Festival, uh, but he's perhaps become better known to a wider number of people through a recent routine he did on Brexit and the Burger King. So uh, before I speak to him today, uh, let's just quickly take a look at this clip which went absolutely viral. Right, my friend is from another country and she came here, she was like, can you please explain what everyone is annoyed about with this whole Brexit thing? I said, look, imagine if you and 10 of your friends were in a Burger King. <laughs> right, and you said, listen, who wants to leave the Burger King? And six people were like, we want to leave the Burger King. <laughs> and then somebody who didn't want to leave the Burger King was like, I'll get us out of here. I'll have a word with the manager. <laughs> I'll get us a deal. It's like, do we need a deal? Come no, you can't leave without a deal. I'll get a deal. <laughs> you want to leave? Yeah, I'm going to get us a deal, right? So she goes to talk to the manager. She comes back two years later. <laughs> She's been trying to leave. The door says push. She's pulling that thing. Uh, can't get us out. <laughs> She goes, great news, I've done us a deal to leave. What's the deal? We've got to pay the manager 40 billion pounds. <laughs> and then we get to leave, technically, yes. <laughs> what do you mean, technically? Well, physically, we'll still be in the bogey. <laughs> You, are you in Burger King? You'll be able to tell them. No, 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 we left. <laughs> well, Thank you. What, Thank you for playing that again. <laughs> what was the What was the effect of that? Uh, that clip. Um, I guess um, the number one thing, thing people said was, um, "Oh, I feel like." Um, they felt more relaxed about the whole thing. They said, I was pulling my hair out with Brexit until I saw yeah. that. And then I was like, oh, great. I can laugh about, you know. Yeah, 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 and yeah. a lot of people said it was a really clear explanation of what was going on. Yes. In, a, yeah. in a very short amount of time. Yeah. It was, it, people were like, oh, I get it now. Yeah. Um, but it's actually just before, um, just before I went on stage then, my friend who runs the show, he said, oh, don't do any stuff on Brexit. I said, why not? He goes, oh, everyone's fed up with it. They don't want to hear. I said, yeah, that's why I'm here. Like, yeah, you know, yeah, that's yeah. the point. Exactly. It's like, yeah, everyone's fed up with it. Which was the point of the bit, it was like, exactly. you know. But what was the, it seems to me, from, from things you wrote on Twitter, that you had problems with, uh, uh, you know, getting gigs, isn't that right, afterwards? Um, it's not necessarily about problems getting gigs, it's just like, there was no, nobody seemed to care. There was no offers of work, there was no like, right. oh, here's a great piece of comedy that people yeah. will enjoy, let's put it in front of more people. Yeah. I mean, the only people, um, I was only offered one piece of work which was from the Brexit party themselves. Oh, really? They were the only people. What did you do for who was the, I did, um, I performed that at a rally in uh, Shoreham-on-Sea for them, it was great. But, um, <laughs> so they saw it and they were like, oh this is funny, let's yeah. get this in front yeah. of people, let's let more people see this. Yes. And they were the only people out of the whole, everyone that works in comedy, everyone who's supposed to be in charge of getting good comedy in front of the British public, you know, no one was interested in getting that piece of comedy in front yeah. of the British public. Yeah. This is the point. When I saw it, so right. it was very, just very funny. But at the same time, she thought, I never ever see a routine like this on the TV, never. Right. I mean, that is true, <laughs> isn't it? I yeah. Mean, you wouldn't. You won't. It's like, um, but it's like if you watch the, 
if you watch the television, you rarely see anyone on there that thinks Brexit is a good idea. Or if you do see someone that's on there that thinks Brexit is a good idea, they're, they're playing the sort of pantomime villain. Yeah, I think yeah. you'd think that, from watching the television or the radio, you'd think that nobody wanted to leave the European Union. You'd never guess that yeah, yeah. over half the country voted for it, yeah, and yeah. maybe even more now yeah, think it. Yeah. But from watching the TV or the radio, yeah, you'd never guess that. Why do you think that? Is? I mean, as, as a I don't. I'm not in charge. No. I'm not in charge of those sort of things. Mm. Like um, comedians, often um, we get in arguments about uh, who gets the spot on television. Like, why isn't there more comedians like this on television? Why isn't yeah. there more? Well, I don't choose who goes on television. I just tell my jokes, and if they decide that I go on television, I go on television. Yeah. So it's hard for me to know why they're picking this person or that person, or they don't want this type of comedy, or they do want that type of comedy. I don't get involved, I'm not in the meetings, I don't know why, no. but you and I can both recognise that there is no pro-Brexit comedy anywhere. Yeah. And no. it's not because it's not funny. I mean, it's over half the country that think like that. Why don't they get some jokes? Why does every joke have to be about how great the European Union is? We can't have any about how, you know. But the point being as well is that you could, you could have vote remain and all the rest of it and still find it funny. I, mm. I don't see what the problem is, you know? I mean, you can still find, oh yeah, I recognize the situation that you describe, but you know, you could do that. It just seems to me that It was like, fairly neutral. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't, yeah. you know, oh, we've got to get out of the immediately. It was just, what's going on is slightly ridiculous, isn't it? And everyone yeah. was like, yes, yeah, yeah. that was all it was. But the reaction, yeah, the reaction of the audience, the laughter was one of recognition, I thought. Yes. I mean, a huge Absolutely. laughter, you know. But in the same in the same set, that was a uh, a ten minute new material spot at a comedy club called Top Secret. Yeah. In the same set, I'd done a joke about a minute before about um, having a second referendum, and the audience applauded that. Yeah, yeah. And then I did the opposite politics, and the audience applauded that. Yeah, yeah. So um, I was playing both sides of the argument. I wasn't yeah. excluding anyone. Um, but you you never you never get told that part of the story. It's uh, you know, I'm out there doing comedy for people that, whatever you think, yes. I want you to enjoy the performance. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they don't, you don't think therefore that they pigeonhole you thinking, oh, this guy therefore is, is a right wing comedian or this or that, you know, is, is that a... If, if you're in the centre, yeah. you will become a right wing comedian. Because right, okay. co comedy's moving so far left. If you're anywhere yeah. near the centre, yeah. everyone in comedy's looking at you going, oh, this person's far to yeah. the right of me. Yeah. So if you just remain where I am in the centre, they'll say that you're a right-wing comedian. So I guess I am a right-wing comedian by being in the centre. Yes, exactly. You see, the thing is, I, I find that there are things like um, those uh, panel shows on the yes. radio, BBC, there's a lot of them, the news quiz and what have you. And then also, uh, you know, have I got news for you? Yeah. And they seem to be pretty much now, they have exactly the same approach. Um, and after a while, you just stop watching. Because I used to love Have I Got News For You. I used to yes, watch that all the time. It was but, great. But I sort of find, well, actually, why should I laugh at you when you would so disapprove of me, if you know <laughs> what I mean? You know, they, yeah, you know I almost like they don't want my laugh. You know, they don't want, so they're not going to get it. Yeah. You know? Yeah, it's that sort of attitude of like, whenever you come from an angle of, we're so right and you're so wrong, yes. and here's why that's funny, yeah. no one's going to laugh at that. Yeah, yeah. But just as a comedian, I think you have to you have to take that into account. Yes. It's like you don't want to come, I'll try not to be like, this is the right way to think, you must all agree with me, because you're going to lose everyone in the audience yeah. that doesn't agree with you. And it's Friday night, you know, yeah, they yeah. came out for a good time as well. Yeah. So that's why I don't like to put too much politics into comedy, because yeah. 
Yeah. It's not yeah. fair on people that might not agree with you. Unless it's so funny that they can laugh at it anyway, and then that's where you want to be, really. But you said that comedy generally is gone you know, even further left, would you say? Well, I think politics overall in the UK is leaning to the left. Or Not that that's where popular opinion is, mm. but if you look at mm. institutions and the TV and the radio, it's the, the dominant culture yeah. has swung to the left. And if that keeps continuing, comedy will die completely. It's like go to North Korea and open up a comedy club yeah. and watch what happens to you. Yeah. Right? If, <laughs> right? <laughs> if we keep going that way, comedy's going to die. And yeah. I'm sort of out there going, hey, you know, I'm, I think comedy might be dying. And everyone's like, you, what are you talking about? It's like, okay, yeah. let's pretend that it's not. But it I, is. I think one thing is it seems to me that it's much more fragmented. Yeah. I mean, you know... But it's not as good as it used to be. No. The Office... Yeah, yeah. It was fantastic. Yeah. If you walked into the BBC with The Office today, they'd chew you out of there. But why? Because it would be too politically incorrect. Right, okay. There'd be jokes in there about racism. Oh, no, 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 no. Because the, the character David Brent was slightly like, you know, he was off colour on everything, wasn't yeah. he? Oh, yes. He was yeah. always mentioning racism in the worst way. <laughs> but that's what we liked about it is that drew attention to that character. Exactly. Everyone was like, oh, I know someone like that in my office who was slightly sexist, slightly racist, and he didn't realise it. And it sort of it made people more cognizant of other people's feelings and stuff. The office was brilliant, but yeah. we're too scared to hear comedy like that these days, I think. It's true, isn't it? I mean, it's a bit of a cliche maybe, but alternative comedy became the comedy establishment, didn't it? Uh, what do you mean by alternative well, comedy? Well, in the 1980s, they used to call it, trust me. Right, I mean, okay. They used to call it alternative comedy. It was, it was a time, right. and apparently there was a real decision made. There was a time where suddenly, old-style comics disappear. When I say old-style, I oh, mean right. people who would command a big audience started to disappear, and then a, a new, it was Ben Elton, it was people like that, around about, I right. think, the mid to late ages, always anti-Thatcher. Right. Very, very Thatcher. You know, they only had to say the word Thatcher, they get a kind of boo and a laugh and right. the rest of it. Uh, but, the, the, well, maybe not him, but they are pretty much the establishment now, aren't they? I would have thought those people. I guess so. I think the thing with comedy is it's sort of self-policing. Like, right. I think people in general have got a lot smarter like the type of jokes that you would that people would do 30 years ago yeah. that would be just that would be that were just sexist mm-hmm. but if you go and do sexist material at a comedy club people will stop laughing and stop they'll laughing, boo at you yeah. and you won't get booked again yeah, yeah, yeah. so it sort of polices itself comedy like if you're saying stuff that really is offensive to an audience you won't work yeah. they won't book you back again it's you know you'll end up on Twitter with a thousand retweets about what a horrible person you are so it is sort of self-policing comedy I think is it possible to make a good living if you're not going to be on the telly or the radio? I think so. It is. Yeah. I think so. I mean, through the internet. I yes. mean, there's um, things like Patreon. Well, not so much Patreon anymore. They went evil. But subscribe. Oh, I know. Uh, subscribe. So I said, well, there's ways that people can send you money every month if they approve of the content you're making. So you can make a living just putting content out there. I mean, that's my plan. They're obviously never going <laughs> to... Are you doing that at the moment? Yes, absolutely. And it's working if you use it. Well, it's difficult to build an audience on social media if, they have you, if they've decided that you're right-wing or centre or anywhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If, you, if they've decided that's who you are, your content won't be seen by many people. Right. And it, you know, there's ways for them. That it's quite skewed at the moment, the internet. Yeah. Like um, that Burger King video that you showed. I don't have as many views as the people that have ripped it off and removed my watermark and 
stuck yeah. it on the internet. So other people are benefiting from that video more than I am. Yeah, yeah. And I've complained and I've asked them to take it down and nothing's happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so um, if you type, if I was at a point where if you typed in uh, Burger King Brexit, you didn't get my video. Straight into Google. It's like, I'm the artist, I created that, I uploaded it yes, myself. Yes. I even watermarked it with my name. Yeah. Does it come up with me if you search for it? No. And the, the national press that picked it up and did a story about me spelt my name wrong on the same way. Really? On uh, every article. I mean, my name's watermarked through the video. How, how did you, you're a journalist yeah, and you got that wrong. It, it's, it's, and they didn't get it wrong. I think they, they do it on purpose. So if you type that in, you can't find me. So it, every avenue that you could find me from that video, um, you can't anymore. Right. Like it's, it's, they've made it as difficult as possible for people that enjoyed that video to actually find me to the, to the step of removing my name from it and then re-uploading it. Yeah. There's only one reason why you'd do that, which is to hide my name. Um, well, look, before we go any further, actually, therefore, where, will be a, where can people go and see you performing, you know, your YouTube channel? Or, or My YouTube channel, if you which, start, is type, which is uh, Alistair Williams Comedian. A-L-I-S-T-A-I-R. Right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and the nice thing is that has, um, my YouTube channel doubled in size in one day yesterday. Yeah. So um, the amount of support from people has been brilliant. Yes. Um, but I've had a number of people contact me again, showing me that um, they're typing my name into Twitter and they can't find me. And exactly what my name is and it's not showing up really? you know it's people that are contacting me going you know it's almost impossible to find you yeah, yeah. you know it's, yeah. it's not it's not easy to build a following but you still can no there's a lot of squeezing going on on mm. the internet isn't there? there's no question about that you you started off you weren't a comedian you were actually in advertising yes right? I mean, what were you doing in advertising I worked in uh, digital advertising sales so in the video games industry all oh, right so um and I love that because I used to love video games. Um, yeah, it was great fun, but I was uh, media sales, as I guess what you'd call it. Right. So, big switch. So, what were you doing? Were you doing stand up while you were working still? Yes, I started doing stand up in my spare time, which is the way if you want to if you want to make anything that you that you love your job, if you just start doing it in your spare time. Mm. Just try and make some money from it. Yeah. Try and make twenty pounds from it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then try and make more money from it, and then mm. at some point. You're going to make enough money from that where you can be poor if you want to do it for a living. Yeah. And then you, if you're brave enough, you make that switch. And then before you know it, you end up, you know, doing what you really love all the time. And, and the audiences that you, t for example, take the Edinburgh Festival, you're yes. going to be doing that again this year, right? Yes. Um, how big are these audiences? I mean, my room holds 80 at the Edinburgh Festival. Right, okay. um, and I love the Edinburgh Festival because it's an opportunity to do comedy for an hour, you know, every day. Yeah. which I love. Um, so I always go there every year. Um, I have the same room, eight o'clock, just a tonic, up the stairs. Just <laughs> um, <laughs> getting a plug in there. Um, and I've started to, it's started to reach a point where the same people come back every year, so I'm starting to get yeah. a sort of regular audience. So I don't think I'll ever stop doing that. I really enjoy it. Yeah. Um, do you go to the Edinburgh Festival? You like it, aren't you? Not for years. Not for years? Uh, not for years. I, I, it's I, an arts I festival, have, right? You're an arts guy. I have, I, I guess. I have been, but I haven't been for years. You, 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 you profess not to read your reviews, right? So you really don't. No. So, not tempted at all. I did. A, I did a show called Food two years ago, which was all about. The well, food. I was going to ask you about this. This is one of your right. big. You're quite a campaigner here, aren't you? With yes. The real food. Yes. What? what it's why? Simple as that. Because yep. I started eating real food, just 
food that grows, I call real food, anything. Yeah. Yeah. Fish, vegetables, stuff, anything that grows yeah. that was alive, you just you can eat as much of that as you like and you don't put on any weight at all. Mm-hmm. So if you're eating food, you can just eat food all the time. You don't ever have to go on a diet. And that was the point of this show. It was just explaining to people how if you actually start eating real food the majority of the time, you don't need to worry about anything else. You don't need to go on any diets. Um, but that's very specific. Why, 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 what started your... I saw a documentary. I saw a documentary called In Defense of Food, yeah. which was... Um, by a guy called Michael Pollan, who's a, um, an author, and it was tremendous. It really, really demonstrated the, the healing properties and how good it is for you to eat what you're supposed to be eating, yeah. as opposed to processed food or packaged food. Um, and another documentary called Cowspiracy, which is about the impact that processed food has on the environment. Just walked past. Shockingly right wing of you, Alice. I know it sounds. <laughs> I used to be left wing until they threw me out. Right and now, apparently, I'm on the right. Okay, fine. <laughs> But there was such a backlash against this show. Yeah. People were mad at my show. Yeah. They were going, one lady, the lady that came to review it in the final of a competition. Yes. So I got to the final of the, is this the best show in Edinburgh competition? And she put, um, Alistair Williams is thin, should we really be listening to him about what to eat? Yeah. Like, yeah, if you want to be thin. <laughs> like, but that's just you know, moronic. I don't understand. It? Yeah, she was like, I don't understand what the show was about. It's like, it's yeah. about food. It's called food. Like, yeah, yeah. I don't know how you got the wrong end of the stick on this. Um, and so at that point, you just sort of tap out and you go, you know what? Yeah. I'm just going to deliver this direct to people. I didn't get a single complaint from anyone that was in that came to see the show. They were all like, this is great. You've really helped me. Mm-hmm. Thank you. I've had loads of people contact me saying it completely changed the way I eat. Thank yeah. you so much for doing the show. Yeah. But then the only person that reviewed it just goes, oh, this guy's thin. Ignore what he's saying. It's like, okay. It's just I don't know. Yeah, it's so yeah. bananas. You don't yeah, know how to. Yeah. One of your shows is called, was called, it might still be A Great White Male. Is a that Great right? White Male, Not quite yes. Is it, it's something to do with sharks in there, isn't there? There was, a, there was a large bit of material about sharks on there, which is one of the reasons I went with Great White Male. Um, but, uh, yeah, that, again, that was a controversial show. Um, um the point of the show, I guess, was how people could all get on with each other. Yeah, yeah. And how um, we could try and put race aside in this country and all get on better, which, mm. of course, the media came and said was racist. I don't know how they got there, but um, they managed it. Mm. Um, it was so bizarre. Like, um, if you go out there and try and do something good, if you really yeah, do yeah. set your mind to doing something good, people just try and destroy you. Literally. But... Do you do you manage to brush it off? Yes, I of mean, course. Is that, is it, do you think, you know, whatever? Or, People or, would come up to me in Edinburgh and they'd be like, I've got a problem with your show. I'd be like, okay, what's it about? And they'd go, I don't know, I haven't seen it. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. oh, you were too concerned? You might have lost your mind. Like, yeah, yeah. why are you mad? And they would just, just those three words in a row, great, white and male, was enough to send some people over the edge yes, yeah. to the point that they were mad at me protesting, oh, this guy needs to be stopped. It's like, you don't even know what the show's about. Yeah, yeah. You haven't even seen yeah. what I'm saying. Exactly. You've decided you're against it. I mean, that's one of the reasons why I called the show that, yeah, just yeah. to point that out, yeah. to shine a light on, like, we've reached the point where we're not even listening to one another. The thing is, you see, I know you you don't read your reviews. I don't. I, on the other hand, have read Oh, go on, hear me. This would be great. No. You can see the pain live. No, no. But basically, <laughs> one, of your, one of the reviews actually said that you were quite woke. I, you know, um, so it says actually, you know, basically they were saying, this is not, you know, this guy is actually quite even-handed, you know, yeah. or whatever. That's, well, when I did the Brexit rally, I think they were quite surprised that 
half of my jokes were about the amount of countries that Britain's gone to war with. And, yeah. you know, half the jokes are actually poking fun at British people ourselves and saying, yes. you know, we might not be as great. Like, this is a great country. If you go to, you know, some countries in Africa and say, isn't Britain great? They go, no, we don't agree with that at all. Yeah. Like, we used to own this place, you know? So, yeah, I like to, because I listen to people that have a different opinion about Britain that live here. It's not just my own opinion. I try to listen to people that think differently to me. And I try and move my opinion closer towards theirs. I think that's how you get a more nuanced opinion on an issue. You listen to someone you disagree with and you try and find a middle ground with them. Mm, mm. Um, so, I mean, that's what I'm trying to do. Where, where did you grow up then? Croydon. Croydon, really? Yes. Right. Oh, um, I grew up in Croydon. Um, which is a great, and I don't live too far from there now. I live in uh, Ballam, which is like just South London. That's yeah, where I've lived yeah. my whole life, really. Oh, okay. It's nowhere too exotic. But, uh, you know, did you watch when you were a kid or when you were a teenager? Did you watch, who did you watch? Who made Eddie you? Murphy. Eddie Murphy. Eddie Murphy mm. was the first comedian that I really thought, wow. He had some jokes about uh, McDonald's, it was. About how you, how the guys laughing, everyone remembers <laughs> that. It was about how. Um, he would ask his mum for McDonald's and she'd tell him, oh, I'll make you McDonald's and it'll be better than McDonald's. And he believed it. He was like, better than McDonald's? And then the green peppers come in and you're like, what? And I remember watching that thinking, my mum does the same thing. Yeah, yeah. The exact same thing. And all of a sudden I, I felt like a connection to Eddie Murphy. And I, yeah. I rem always remember that. Um, uh, and it was people like that that I really enjoyed watching um, when I grew up. It wasn't really British comedians. You see, I find that very interesting because most comedy that I laugh at, particularly now, yeah. tends to be American. Actually. Right, uh, yeah. When I was there, I, when I lived there, I, I made a program about Chris Rock. Yes, TV. Uh, yeah. Hilarious, I found it hilarious. Yeah. But there's a difference in the structure of their comedy, isn't it? It's the one-liner. That's right. essentially quite American, isn't it, do you think? It's the one-liner as opposed mm. to... Our traditional British comedy was kind of anecdotal almost. Um, I'm not sure. I think... I think American comedy has become much better than British comedy because they're not afraid to talk about whatever they want to talk about. Yeah. People in this country are very afraid to talk about a number of things. It's then, freer still, do you think, in America then? Yeah, they've got the First Amendment, freedom of speech. Speech isn't anywhere near as free in this country as people like to think it is. Mm, mm. You start saying the wrong things. Mm. The, the, the price for telling the wrong joke is the police knocking your door. Hello, yeah, Mr. Williams. Yeah, like yeah. to talk about a joke you told last night. Yeah, yeah, That's yeah. real. Yeah, yeah. And other comedians tell me I've lost it. Oh, you're making it up. It's like no, no. You can go and everyone knows this. This is yeah. an observable fact. Like there's um, there's a poster that terrified me. It's a it's by Her Majesty's government. It says, um, it's not offensive. It's an offence. That's that's the whole advert. Mm -hmm. It's on black on white. It's not offensive. Yeah. It's an yeah. offence. It's like I'm a comedian. Yeah, yeah. You're telling me if, if I offend someone, yeah. I might go to prison. Yeah. It's almost impossible for me to work here, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Under those circumstances. Bear in mind, anyone can take offence to anything. But it, it means, surely, doesn't it, that your audience as well is going to be thinking, can I laugh at this? Should I laugh at right. this? But I don't mind. I like, I see a lot of, I disagree with a lot of comedians when they say things like, oh, I should be allowed to offend people and I'm going to offend people. And it's, it's like, I don't think we should be all walking on eggshells. No. But in front of you is eggs. Yeah, yeah. In front of you is an audience of people that, are, that don't want to be offended, so you can't just get your tennis racket shoes on and start stomping over everyone and think, well, I'm allowed to. Sure, you're allowed to, yeah. but these people want to enjoy themselves. It's Saturday night. Yeah. It's your job to entertain them. 
So I try and, you know, not offend people if I possibly can. I think yeah. it's possible. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. can still make a lot of people laugh. Like that Brexit bit won't offend anyone. I've not had anyone who's like, I'm offended, even if you completely disagree with it. You can still have a laugh at it, hopefully. I mean, one of the themes that keeps coming up in discussions I've had on this show with people in different areas is the, the growing influence of identity politics, which is what I think really in a way we're talking about here, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, surely the whole point about a lot of comedy was pointing out the absurdities, pointing out this, that and the other thing. And, you know, if you're worrying all the time, you know, that basically I, I can only say this because I am a straight white male or whatever it is, right. then f you can forget it, surely, can't you, creatively? Um, the problem with um, political correctness, identity politics, if you think about it, it's the, it's the direct enemy of uh, comedy. Yeah. It must be. It's like you're not allowed to joke about this, you're not allowed to joke about that, you've got to don't offend anyone, don't talk about this, don't talk about that. Um, but having said that, I think, you know, there's been positives to, the, to identity politics. There's, I think people are a lot more, or they're trying to be a lot more understanding of what it's like to be someone else and live in this country, you know? So there's positives to it. But for example, when I did Great White Male, um, I would have people come up to me after the show. I mean, I was critical of identity politics, very mm. critical, you know. Um, and people would come up to me afterwards and they, they would be visibly scared to say, oh, I, I totally agree with you. I keep going. I'm like, yeah. why are you scared? Yeah, like, they're yeah, scared to talk yeah. to me. Yeah, yeah, How yeah. scared should I be? Yeah, I'm exactly. the one, you know, they're yeah. scared to be loosely associated with someone that's saying, hey, yeah. maybe this has all gone a bit too far. You know, because at some point it has to push back, as we were saying before. You can't just keep going with you. And also, the general public don't like to be told what they can and can't talk about, mm. what they can and can't laugh about, what is offensive to them. As I said, comedy is self-policing. If you offend an audience, they'll let you know straight mm. away. They'll let the world know. Yes, interesting. To, to that, yes, because these reviews you don't read. Yeah, uh, they're written by people who, are presumably, on the whole. But they're not. They haven't been stand-up comics, have they? I mean, you know, they're, they're nothing to do with it. They're just simply giving their opinion. I mean, there's no expertise there, exactly, is there? Um, no. And you see, you can see some brilliant comedians, some utterly brilliant British comedians that have gone to the Edinburgh Comedy Festival, and someone that's never done comedy comes along and says, "Well, this is a two-star comedian." It's like. Yeah, yeah, this yeah. guy's been setting stages on fire yeah. for a whole year, for his whole career, yeah. and then someone comes in and goes, oh, two stars out of five, and then we're supposed to just bury them? Yeah, yeah. That's not fair. That's not accurate either. A lot of the times, you go and watch a show, and the comedian, everyone's laughing for 52 minutes, mm. and then the review comes out, and it'll be like, oh, average. It's like, says who? Mm. Mm. You know? Yeah. And I think, again, you, we don't, why do we need comedy critics? Mm. Everyone can watch the comedy and just say what they think about it you know it's clear whether people are laughing or not why do we need someone to tell you what you might think is funny mm. we don't and that's that's what annoys me about that you strike me as someone who doesn't usually kind of uh, deconstruct your craft if you know what i mean i don't know right but well, i could be wrong <laughs> i could be wrong that's but a low-key burn there <laughs> no no you strike me as someone who doesn't think about things at all <laughs> great <laughs> No, no, but I mean, yeah. well, I, I suppose that's because I'm aware of asking what might seem pretentious questions. But yes. 
if you're doing you're putting you're putting together a show one you know one one man stand up show yeah and it's maybe about food or whatever yes the whole process of putting that together how long does that take you oh a whole year a whole year of constant work you know um and by the time the Edinburgh Festival finishes you've done that you know 30 times in a row every yeah, day so yeah. it should be pretty mm. pretty uh well polished by the time you finish but it takes if you look at the best comedians in America it takes them on average two years to produce an hour of comedy really? every comedian in, in Britain is going to the Edinburgh Comedy Festival and producing a new hour every year mm. so you've only really got six months to write it I mean that's not enough time at all and you go up there in August and you produce this crap and also it, it can't just be funny yeah. that's not the way Edinburgh works you have to write about the most horrendous thing that's ever happened to you like, did a relative die? Do an hour on that, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, have you got a horrible disease? Maybe that's what you should be trying to make fun of. Yeah. Um, so, and then you've got to do it again the next year. I mean, it's almost impossible. Um, but, you know, that's just the way the UK comedy industry works. When, when you're in Edinburgh this coming August, <laughs> yes. right? What's the name of the show? Um, How to Lose Weight and Be Less Racist. Okay. Okay, and what about already? In, people are mad at me. Do you believe it? <laughs> but what in the in, in betweeny time? Where, where you know we're coming up to June. I mean, this is going out around about May. Uh, we're going out on this is May twenty sixth, I think. Yes. Sunday. Where can people see you in June? Say uh, in June. The best place to see me in June is at the London Comedy Store. Right. Okay. Uh, I think it's the sixth, the seventh, the eighth of June, mm -hmm. or that Thursday, Friday, Saturday. That's okay. one of my favourite places to perform comedy. Yeah. Maybe the best comedy club in the UK, the London Comedy Store. Right. Um, it's up there with Top Secret, uh, number one and two. It's uh, interchangeable. Uh, so that would be the best place to see me in June. And then uh, if they follow my YouTube, I'm going to have some big announcements coming next year for what I'm going to do. Really? In terms of live shows, yeah. Oh, right, okay. Gonna, um, I think the future of comedy in the entertainment industry is people doing it for themselves mm. the same way we're doing right here exactly right exactly i think that that's what people way. want thanks for coming on Alice, very oh, thank much. you and i really great very best and <laughs> I, you know and i hope you have just great success in the future thank and, you and maybe you come back uh, you know yeah. uh, in a few months time but yes thank, thank you, you very much and thanks. um thanks for watching so what you're saying is and uh please do subscribe if you haven't already and uh we will see you next time thank you